Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Welcome back to the drive on 93.9 here. Uh, yeah, it's not Mark Ennis. There's no other way to say it. Um, it's Nick Valvano. It's Tanner Brittamesso. It's Spencer Brown on the ones and twos. Uh, we are filling in for Mark today. Had some connection issues. Probably a result, as best we can tell, because we did everything we knew how to do. He's in Florida. Let's blame it on that. Well, he's in Florida. so I yeah. mean, he's got a good reason to be in Florida. I get it. Yeah. But he's in Florida. It's all Florida's fault. It's all Florida's fault. Well, that and whatever solar flare, whatever the heck happened that had the network down, because we were we did everything we knew how to do. Spencer's actually on the phone right now with our engineer, trying to see if we can jerry-rig something or figure something Shout out. Shout out, Calvin, dude. That guy's awesome. And he has shout, an awesome beard. He does have a great great goatee. It's fantastic. Uh, no, shout out Calvin. Uh, big fan of our engineer who puts out a lot of fires. But, yeah, no, we are filling in right now for Mark Ennis. Coach Lieberman is scheduled to join us around 430. We'll get his takeaways from the game. Always appreciate chatting with his basketball mind. Uh, but, yeah, a lot of ways to be part of the show. 8150-939 is the call-in number if you want to be part of the show. 3831-939 is the text line if you want to join as well. Uh, it's probably the best way to get a hold of us there. Uh, what text do we have, Tanner? I can uh, only imagine. Please don't let Nick do any more talking. Okay, there you <laughs> go. That's fair. Um, no, hey, look, I, I love doing radio. I love playing radio, but after five hours straight of radio, I've had my fill of radio. Um, I had I had errands to run today. I know. And then, yeah. Like, I got work to go to. Yeah, so. you got work to go to. How long can you stay? I mean, I don't care. I'll stay till I, till I stay till. I, I don't know. Okay, like, all right. Well, I'm, I don't, I'm fine with like, staying here. So all the people that are saying, Nick, shut up. Believe me, if there was somebody else that could do it, my friends, I'd have no problem giving them, them the reins. But it just is what it is. Shout out, by the way. Uh, one of the voices that you would hear filling in if something were to go wrong would be the fabulous one, Phil Baker. And the fabulous one, Phil Baker, not here because he's a new dad. It is, it's uh, oh, official? It's official. He had Chloe Yay. Baker. Uh, I believe it was yesterday. Um, they're still working on finding a middle name, but uh, young Chloe, nine pounds, big baby. So um, his second. So congratulations to the fabulous one, Phil Baker, and his lovely wife, uh, Lauren. So, um, yeah, very happy for them. But that's one of the reasons you are hearing Tanner and myself and not the fabulous one, Phil Baker. Um, We're going to got another in. good text here. Kenny Payne is too much like Ted Lasso. Very likable guy. Just has no clue what's going on in texture. Right on the button there. <laughs> I, it got me thinking, hey, maybe Jeff Brom can get out there, maybe coach up the boys. I don't actually believe that. <laughs> uh, well, I uh, you, see. That's the thing, though. You make mention of. Um, I don't think Kenny Payne doesn't know what he's doing. I just I, 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 looks like he does. 
But unfortunately, I mean, maybe big picture, head coaching wise, um, it certainly seems that things are are not going uh, the way that we want them to go. Uh, that's a that's a nice way to put it. Um, but when you lose by 22 to Notre Dame, that juggernaut that is Notre Dame this year, the one team that you were favored to win uh, in Ken Palm heading into conference play, you get blown out by 22 on your home court. It's not a whole lot you can hang your hat on there. Um, but um, here's the thing, though. Uh, I do think that maybe people could be getting excited if there were some splashes a la Jeff Brom in the transfer portal or the recruiting trail. It's weird. Also, I told you during the commercial break, I had a dream last night that I was just hanging out and uh, I was at like a bar and uh, <laughs> Jamari Thrash was there and he told me that Harrison Bailey's the best quarterback on the team right now. It was a very weird dream. And well, I just, what was I Jamari was, drinking? Uh, something in a like a like like a martini glass. And I think I was drinking one too. And I was just like, oh, word, Harrison Bailey. No way. All right. Um, so there you go. Um, I have no idea if that's true or not. But uh, but I'm saying that if there was something that you could really hang your hat on on the recruiting trail, how much do you think that would maybe take away some of the sting of, of this year if they had a top recruiting class coming in? I know there's talk of Carter Knox, but... I feel like you would need like two, two or three Carter Knox to really say, get people excited. You're going to need like three top 25 guys for her to be like, all right, I'll give it another shot. But it's. And I'm not saying that's what they would want to get anyway. They might like, hey, we want to get bigger. We want to go to the transfer portal. And that's how that's how we're going to make you know a splash. But I just feel like if there was anything that you could hang your hat on for next year, I don't even remember who the one recruit they have is. And I don't think he's a hard commit. Like there's really like nobody. I don't think there um, is anyone this year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think they have a soft commit from from like a three star kid, and I'm not not saying that the kid can't be good. I'm just saying that it's not it's not a Carter Knox. Three stars though at Louisville do ten times better than five stars here, and that's a proven fact because either the five star doesn't get here. Yeah, right. Or he plays for four years, and it's like the at best a six man off the bench kind of thing. If Whereas you think of recent memory like. VJ King, oh, Ray Spalding. Yeah, I like. Say what you will about VJ King. He wrote out two different scandals and stayed here. Yeah, awesome guy. Um, Ray Spalding. I know he's he was a five star local product. Local product too. He he's I think he's still in the G League. I could be wrong. Someone could probably prove me wrong or prove me right. But like we never get that nasty one and done freshman coming in. We always get. The five stars that come in and they, they might no. stay for four years. You're 100% right. But one of the reasons Kenny Payne was brought on was to get the guys get like those that. five it, stars. Or at least, I'm not saying that's one of the reasons he was brought on, but that was one of the reasons people were excited about getting him was that he was going to make a splash on the recruiting trail. Um, but I do think it's interesting that in his tenure here, at least his attitude, it seems to be um, that these are all going to be project players. And that is more in tune with the Rick Pitino school of, of, of recruiting and, and development and everything like that. And not necessarily the uh, what we saw in his tenure at UK or really what we're seeing at all in uh, college athletics. Now, a promo I made, by the way, I just want to pick your brain on this real fast. Because last night we saw Dayton get upset. We saw UK get upset. Um, who else? Oh, uh, Penn State got upset. Or no, Penn State upset. Um Iowa State, I believe. Yeah. Um, and your uh, your boy Nico Medved. 
Yeah. Also got upset. He got there. upset. That's right. He got knocked off. But um, I made a promo of this. Ennis was talking about the new normal with Biscuit earlier this week. And they were talking about how in this day and age of NIL where rosters don't really stick together as much, um, you're going to see more upsets like that. Do you do you buy into that? Do you think that? Because, I mean, yeah. the, the college basketball has also seen one and done. So, I mean, there's been teams that have been that haven't really been together that long too, that have also thrived. But the day and age in this day and age when, I mean, really, I feel like the average college basketball player now only plays at the school for two years, whether he transfers or he goes declares for the league. I feel like it's very rare to have a four year player at the same school nowadays. Yeah. Like you look at, and to uh, be able to learn a system, teach a system to somebody younger than him. It was the 2019 class. All Besides David Johnson, right. all of them are at different locations right now. Iggyon at Abilene Christian. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, got, the Super 7. You got Quinn at, what's it called? West Virginia. Uh, West Virginia University. He actually had a soundbite about uh, of um, Atino when he was took his time yeah, at was, Iona. Who, now at, at his said? third school. Oh, it was like no, along like, lines of like. I don't care what, what I don't care. city you're from. I'll chop your body yeah, up it was in like, the seven <laughs> Which is nuts. Um, That's fantastic. Hey, whoa, whoa, hey, good news. Do we have Mark? We do. Mark Ennis! Yay! Fantastic. Both of you guys uh, for holding it down. Hey, my pleasure, Uh, man. I'm just happy you're here. This has been a hell of a day for, I think, people who need anything to connect to anything uh, around the country. Yeah, I think Uh, we definitely got uh, caught up in whatever. Was it a solar flare? I don't know. I heard that that contributed. No idea. But I feel like the gremlins uh, got us, too. Absolutely. Yeah, it's crazy, but listen, I want to thank all of you guys uh, for feverishly running around trying to figure out alternatives. Uh, the backup that we're sort of uh, supposed to use when this happens, that didn't work either. Uh, so it's been it's been a hell of a day from uh, from down here in Florida, but I guess this is going on everywhere. So welcome in. I appreciate, again, all of you guys uh, holding it down for me here on what was supposed to be a day where I was just going to vent for like three solid hours. <laughs> Uh, and now, as once Lieberman hurries up uh, and, and is there too, we'll give you at least ninety good minutes of of griping uh, until then. I, I haven't even had a chance to ask. Like, the phones are working through this. Oh yeah, no, we do. We do have phones. We have texts. Uh, people are very happy. They're already pouring in there, happy to hear you instead of me. Uh, and I and I do not take that personally. I was not planning on doing so. Uh, no, everyone's very happy to hear you, Mark. I'm very happy to hear you. Uh, Tanner and I are going to bow out gracefully and give the, and yield the floor to you so you can start your griping, my friend. Let's do this. So let's, uh, again, big time thanks uh, to Nikki V in particular. I know that we often kind of give Nick a hard time. Uh, for various things, but no one sprung into action uh, more effectively here, uh, and I appreciate the Spencer. So we are, we're good to go here, right? Like everything seems to be working and all good here. Yes, it appears the way we, you know, Calvin was in last night with the phone unit, so we did a whole post game show. Lines were full for you know an hour straight, and we had no annoying beeping noise during the uh, post game show. So what phones day. are working right. now. Uh, yeah, so I have AT&T, Mark. I don't know what uh, company you use. So I had no service. I was talking with this with Nick and Tanner earlier until about a little before noon today. So I was out of the loop on anything going on in the world. And I was like, man, Kenny Payne's going to get fired this morning. And I'm going to be like three hours late to the news cycle on this. But <laughs> unfortunately, he's still the uh, head coach of the cards for at least one more day. 
Well, look, we've got uh, a lot to get to and not very much time uh, to get to it. And I think the truth is, if we're honest, uh, we have one thing to get through. Uh, and, and that's what happened last night. Uh, and that's Louisville, I, I think, losing. That's not news. Uh, Louisville losing in blowout fashion. That's not news. Uh, but it really was, I think, the combination of a number of things that really seemed to drive home uh, why this feels final. And, and, you know, I think at times over the last year and change, we've talked about how this, uh, that, that there are various games that seem to have been kind of breaking points to one degree or another for everybody. The pit games at times, I think, have driven people crazy. Obviously, the the combination of like the DePaul and Arkansas uh, State games have been, drove people nuts and seemed to really represent kind of new lows. But last night, if you start laying out the track here of sort of things that happened all in one game, uh, and I should let everybody know, we'll go ahead. The phones are open. So if you want to get in here, we want to talk to you. Uh, we'll try to do three hours of talking in an hour and a half if we can do that. Well, actually, we're uh, out a little early. Women's basketball, so five thirty is the uh, end right? time for today's show. We got an hour, and we're gonna kill it. Uh, if you started putting together the combination of things here, it, it could not have been any worse for what to for whatever amount of lingering hope and desire for things to work with Kenny. Uh, to have just been extinguished. But when you start putting like you've got someone else from this area in his actual first year coaching a team with a very shorthanded roster uh, that has uh, been very hard on his own team at times this year. Uh, they are extremely offensively challenged as a team uh, and have been all year. You look at their Offensive numbers say on Ken Palm, you just start going down category by category by category. It looks like Louisville's defensive numbers, category by category. Just red, 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 all the way down. Uh, really one decent offensive weapon uh, on the team. And uh, the, these teams play, and you play here at home uh, for Louisville, and it's a blowout. And it just could not have looked any worse uh, for Kenny than for someone else who is in a worse situation than Kenny's in uh, and to have handled it far differently than Kenny did uh, for most of this season, for all of this season, uh, to come out there and simply uh, run you out of your own gym and run you off the floor uh, because of it or in this game uh, last night. Uh, and I don't know, it, it seemed like we reached kind of a new level of, of rage uh, and finality, you know, is the word that I would use for all this. This felt like the last one. Like I've understood they didn't make the decision to do this early, to make a, a coaching change earlier in the year. And I've at least been able to understand, I think some of the logic of not doing that up to now. Uh, but that's because I think we all held out hope that it could at least end feeling like it was a noble effort. You know, I don't think anyone thought they, he was going to be able to save himself by winning a bunch of games between last night and the end of the year. But what I think people were really hoping for is that it would be the best possible ending. They'll play hard, as hard as they can, and that everyone will finally be able to just at least say, hey, look, it was better than last year, but it's clearly not going where we need it to go. Let's let this be the end of it. But, but noble try by the end, and you could just say, hey, look, it wasn't good enough. 
didn't work, and we're going to move on. But last night really was Groundhog Day yet again, I think, for everybody. The, Louisville has played this game under Kenny 50 times since he's been here. And it was the real uh, time is a flat circle kind of feeling of watching this Louisville team not value the basketball, not be prepared for a team that has one option, the, the one offensive weapon for a team that doesn't score. I mean, it's it's to whatever you think about Louisville as a defensive team, that's what Notre Dame is as an offensive team. And that team lit Louisville up last night. Uh, I, I heard Bob saying it uh, last night on the broadcast, teams that aren't good at three-point shooting, if you don't guard them, they get good at it. Like, even teams that don't make them in kind of normal game situations figure out a way to make them when it's basically like practice. And, and last night, that team – I'll let you go. But, but like <laughs> last night, that team doing what they did to Louisville and uh, the way that Louisville, I think, crumbled, you could see the dam break. That's the, I don't know another way to say it than that. It, it, it hung around respectably in, in, in single digits for a while. Uh, and then you could just simply see the moment where everyone decided, I think we've all had about enough of this, including the guys on the floor, uh, and, and then ended in typical fashion where a bad enough outcome and a bad enough product was was only then exponentially ratcheted up by even worse explanations for what's going on uh, out there. And, and it, now with a week off between now and the next game, we're – we're about as close as we can be to there. There needing to be some explanations for why something isn't already being done about this. Oh yeah, absolutely agree with you a hundred percent there. It's just time and time again, like we knew they weren't a good three point shooting team. And it's the same thing like Pittsburgh. We knew they were a good three point shooting team. The common denominator is Louisville doesn't guard the three point or anything, but they just give wide open looks to where you have Braden Shrewsbury, who, you know, he's a fine player. He looks like Henson out there where he's just nailing three after three, every single possession because you're not going to contest and like Duke is is scary what's going to happen next week when they go down to Cameron Indoor because this team just doesn't play defense and you got Duke which is full of you know five-star four-star players that have the you know they just are so good that they're going to just destroy Louisville inside and out and I don't even know what the final margin is going to be next week well and I again I want to make sure everyone understands I don't think that if you were to uh, to go ahead and announce hey, that Kenny's, Kenny's out today. Nothing's fixing this. The, the, uh, for me, last night was just offensive. Like, that is that is the proper word for what happened. Last night was offensive, and it was just like a living refutation of everything he's been saying. Uh, in particular, in that game last night, that's a team that's not terribly talented on the Notre Dame side that is young and they're elite defensively you look at their numbers as a team all year long these guys are are young players as kenny says uh, they are they're new to one another they're new to the head coach and the way he likes to do things it's very different than mike bray he has been extremely hard on them and and you're looking at a guy who realizes look i'm short-handed in, in Micah Shrewsbury, we, only, we probably have about one good way to be able to win a game, and we're going to do everything we can to force people to play our way. And sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. 
and all of that is stuff that Kenny says can't be done. In particular, the defensive end last night. We knew that they were not a great offensive team, and we thought Louisville really was was starting to at least be able to hold its own regardless of opponent on the offensive end when it has the ball. And here comes a guy working with far less. Like, I think we can all agree that Notre Dame roster is not more talented. It's not as talented. They were picked to finish lower than Louisville preseason by the ACC uh, voters in the preseason poll. It was like Louisville 14, Notre Dame 15. Yeah, and, and you even had last night Tyler Johnson back in the lineup who we all think of, I think, as a, a a guy who excels on the defensive end, naturally, and Sky Clark back in the lineup. So you you did not even have the shorthanded, you know, reasoning for what happened. Uh, and then I think, as he has done so many times, goes to the post-game press conference, uh, begins to answer questions and explain what's going on. And, and I thought... And I sent Jeff Leitze a message uh, because I was so impressed uh, by what he had to say uh, in, in the, just a little video that he recorded uh, himself. I think it was about 12 minutes long. I encourage all of you to look at it uh, and listen to what he had to say. It was a master class, what Kenny did last night after the game, in simply not taking ownership of anything. And at this point, it, it's, it moves from being – uh, something that annoys you or that you notice to something that it's bothersome. It's borderline pathological at this point on simply never talking about where he's not getting it done. And there's so many different ways we can so, to, to drive this home. But, you know, after the game, he's talking about uh, great players and, and not making excuses. And, and, and I thought he was actually saying, Spencer, I know, you know, the, the part where he talked about, uh, willing guys to miss shots. Yeah, I've never is, heard anyone say that before. But, you know, I'm, I don't think there's anything wrong with what he's saying because here's what I think he's saying. Great players and players who want to be great, They, see, I think what he was saying was they have something about them where even if you can't totally explain why whatever they're doing does what it does, it does it. And, and there's something about their their commitment and their effort level and their intensity and their just their their willing uh, their willingness to do everything they can to win that just sort of seems to force things to happen and i i don't have a problem with somebody saying that like i think i understand that but for him to sit there and say that players can do that and then never once make the connection that hey great coaches do stuff like that too it, it is, hey, players can get out there and they can literally like use their, their great player ESP to make these things happen, but great coaches are really just watching to see what players do. Right? Like, it, it's here, I, we can't get young players to play defense because they're used to being scorers in, in AAU while they're getting dominated by a team that's full of young guys who are even younger, who clearly have no problem figuring out how to play on the defensive end. Even when they're not winning, by the way, like this, I'm not saying that it has just fixed all of their issues, but they're not winning and they have remained something elite defensively. And when the offense comes through, you know what? They win some games. And then I, I just thought it felt like the truly the, the last straw for even the most 
uh, charitable, uh, patience-laden person who's just listened to everything Kenny's had to say. For him to say, I ho- uh, you know, that I'm not worried about my job security and that I, I hope people can see that this team's improved from year one to year two. He only thinks it's year two when it helps him. He only thinks it's year two when he wants to make a comparison to last year. But when asked about last year after, say, what was that, the Wake Forest game when he made that comment? No, it was North Carolina because Hebert Davis is the same situation kind of. That's right. That's right. Thank you. Where, Where he said in his mind, this is year one. And either he forgot that he said that or he doesn't think that. Or he only thinks it when he wants to use that idea to get rid of year one in people's minds. But now that it's year two, because they've won, what, twice as many games as exactly. the year before? Uh, that now it's year two if I want to make a year-over-year comparison. But don't make me actually take responsibility for year one, because when you want me to explain it, that year didn't really count. But when I want to compare it to what we're doing now, it does. And that, like all of that together, it was the effort itself was off-putting. The explanation even worse. Uh, and, and really, we don't need to do this anymore. We just don't need to do this anymore. Uh, and, and I think with a week off, there's just something to be said for for even if it won't fix a thing, just saying this can't go on anymore as an end unto itself. It doesn't have to effectuate anything. It doesn't have to make anything else happen. They can lose the rest of their games after it, and it would still be the right thing to do to say you can't be in charge of this anymore, not after that. And I was hoping that it would be done by the time we came on the air today. I know what's out there. I know that there's all the discussion about sort of you know having a deal worked out where he's going to get to finish the year no matter what. And I would hope that whoever's sort of holding the bag for that would understand we can't wait that long anymore. Like there's, there's something bothering, especially because these games at the end of the season are almost all at home after this Duke game. He doesn't deserve it. 8150-939, that's uh, the number if we'd like to get in here. I want to thank everyone again uh, for sticking with us. I want to thank Nick and you uh, and Tanner and James, you guys for getting uh, James not even there uh, and helping uh, to try to get us going. Calvin, I appreciate all of you guys uh, behind the scenes figuring out a way i'm in florida for something with uh with my family with my brother uh i thought we'd be able to do this and then all hell broke loose like around the entire country uh with connecting to whatever i know like pharmacies and stuff are offline like it's crazy what's what's going on uh right now and i appreciate you guys and kind of the heroic effort to get everybody uh able to do this for at least the time that we have i think we've got kelvin that's going to be first yep all right, Kelvin, you're going to lead us off here with thank you for sticking with us, man. Welcome. Yeah, yeah, everybody. what's up, boy? I forgot my phone was off until you just mentioned it again. Yeah, <laughs> my phone just Appreciate came it. back on probably. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay, I forget. my phone just came back on about an hour ago. But anyway, what I was going to say, the press conference is all the same. They had us on their heels. We want them to love each other. They let go of the rope. It ain't about basketball, it's about love. And did you see that smirky look he had when they asked him about his job? I'm not worrying about my job. And he don't seem like he is. 
I don't know, but I tell you, man, this, you know, they don't know, man. We love March. We want to be involved in March Madness. We like this kind of stuff. We want to, we want to check the, uh, you know, the where we at in bracketology and all that crap, man. How's it or not about basketball? Then he's got a smooth way of not answering two point questions. If you ask him one question, he'll he'll muddy it all up so you don't have to answer the second half of the question. Because they asked him last night, they said, uh, "How long do you think it's going to take to get this thing together?" He never did answer that part. Never did answer. And I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna get off right after I say this. Well, you said that Notre Dame's got an elite defense, and they do. Or if they put three scores with that defense by next year, yeah, you you could you ain't you gonna you gonna be way better. Watch Notre Dame next year; they are gonna be solid because they're gonna get them three scores and a rebounder out of transfer portal, and they'll be set. They already know how to play defense. I'm gone. Appreciate uh, the call there, uh, Kelvin. Yeah, the difference I think between. Uh, the two teams last night is I, I think if you watch Notre Dame play, that was a team that was determined uh, and just doggedly uh, determined to to get whatever they could out of what they have. And you and you could find yourself thinking like, man, I like what they're trying to be. And if they could just get more of what they need, they'll be really good. And if you watch Louisville play, they have enough. They have enough. They don't do it right. They don't play like honorable basketball. I don't know how else to use. I don't know what else words, uh, what other things to say. Then they don't honor the game. They, they don't play anything disciplined. They insult everyone by playing the way that they play and thinking that that will work. Or that people will cheer for that. And I wanted to just take a quick second. Props to all of you who were there last night for that game for not disgracing yourselves in any way with your behavior. There was a very real opportunity for that place to get ugly last night. And I listened for it. I watched for it. I was concerned uh, that the, the feeling that I was having and that I was my, my phone last night off the charts. Uh, with with people's reactions uh, to what was happening, I thought we might get stuff thrown on the floor and booze and and stuff, and and we didn't get any of that. And I think you all deserve all the props in the world for not making it any worse than it already is. And if if I'm Kenny, the thing I think we know now, nothing keeps him up at night. But if I'm him, it would I would be worried that people aren't that mad anymore. The, the people didn't I don't think people feel like he deserves their rage anymore. And and if I was him, like that would that would worry me. And that's why I thought like, okay, this needs to be enough. We can't even get people mad. And that's why I thought for sure there would be something done uh, about this right away. And it, maybe there will, maybe there won't. Either way, I mean, we've got five or six games of this left kind of at the most. But ask yourself this, like this far into being the head coach, is that game really any different than game one last year? At all? I don't think it is. 81-50, 93-9. Let's get to Tom in here next. Tom, welcome to Jive, buddy. What's up? 
Hey man, how's it going? I just want to say uh, just a just a uh, quick correction on on, on uh, uh, at least where I was sitting. There w- there was a small, very small uh, scattering of booze right at that last timeout. Mm. Um, right at the last media timeout, I, you know, it's one of those where you know maybe it could have been no more than fifteen, twenty people. Who knows? But there, were, I, I just remember looking over the, at my buddy saying, "Wow, you know, well." You know, you can't be surprised there are a few of these, but you're right. It it could have been much, much, much worse. Um, just just two things I wanted to point out. Uh, one, you know, kind of looking at it last night, you know, you look down, you, you know, you look down at that Louisville's coaching, you know, you look down at the bench, and it's really depressing, you know, to see that there's really no, that there was no sort of, uh, you know, no urgency, if you want to use that word again, with, with Kenny, with, with, with Jane, with the whole coaching staff. Meanwhile, look down at the other end of the bench mm. or the other end of the floor. Look at Shrewsbury. Look at, look at, the, look at the team or the, the assistant coaches. Those were guys who looked like, you know what, we could win this game. Yeah, we might, we're not, we might not be very good, but we can beat these guys. And then suddenly they go on a 14 nothing run or whatever it was, you know, to finish that game off like a team that really knew, yeah, we, we've got them now. And that was, I didn't give me, that was the, the moment that, I remember looking at my buddy and saying, there is no way in the world that I came here tonight thinking they were going to lose. You know, we kind of joked, well, what if you lose to Notre Dame? What if you lose to Notre Dame? I, not realistically, I thought, you can't lose to Notre Dame. It's, it's, it's just not possible. But it's possible. And I guess my last point was, you know, talking about the future and whether it's, you know, obviously a Nate Oates, you know, I'm say a rosary for Jay Wright, of course, that's probably not going to happen. But, you know, one of those things, again, I'm looking for the guy to ask me. I get lucky. You know, Buddy will throw me, you know, he'll throw me tickets, you know, when he doesn't go, et cetera, et cetera. Who is the guy that's going to get me to get season tickets? Who who is the guy? What's it going to take to get me to get that six-game pack? My daughter, you know, she wants to go to games. We go to games. Well, she's like, well, can we get season tickets? Can we get a six-game package or something like that? Who's going to be that guy to get me to do it? I, I, I don't have an answer. You know, if you said it was Ryder or if it was NATO, yeah, I'd be – I'd tell my wife there's a budget shortfall, whatever, you know, whatever. But, you know, uh, short of that, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm seeing that crowd last night. It was. It was, it was, it was really depressing. Appreciate uh, the call. Thank you so much. It was depressing. The only – uh, remotely lighthearted moment was when you don't have a full arena, you know, them microphones and such, they pick up stuff a lot differently on the sidelines. And to get the where your balloon animals, you clown, that, that came through loud and clear on TV is one of the funnier things that's happened. Uh, and I think we needed a little comic relief. I loved that that, uh, that came through. I said when I tweeted that video, I was like, they were talking about the refs because that was when they had kind of the ridiculous out-of-bounds play where it looked like they were just tackling each other until the ball went out-of-bounds. And uh, and Notre Dame got the ball when it looked like pretty obviously went off of them. Uh, but I can't guarantee they weren't talking about Louisville and the coaches. Like, I really don't. I don't think I can guarantee you that. But I thought they were talking about the refs because of that play. Who's to say? But it kind of encapsulated what was going on all night anyway as far as who's going to get people off their uh, off their rear ends to actually go to games uh, again don't undersell uh the value in someone just trying at that part of the job you know i i don't i wouldn't take the way what looks like most fans feel as indicative of sort of where they are naturally uh, 
this is in response to what's to how well they've been reached out to. The, Kenny has the fan base that he has fostered with his team's play and with his stubbornness and his bunker mentality. Uh, it's not going to get any smaller. It's not going to get any bigger. Uh, and that's why like enough of this already. The, let's give people an opportunity to just go cheer for them full-throated without having any fear uh, or any conflicted feelings about what they're cheering for. So let's let's take a quick break here. We'll come back. One more hour to go on the drive on I thin the bill. Grab it. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennett and Mark Lieberman. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis and now Mark Lieberman here uh, as well. We're filtering in. 93.9. Uh, Mark, how, how are you? Uh, you're joining even later than I did. Uh, so um, before we get to the phones, let people start weighing in. I wanted to at least give you a chance to give one of those like two minute House of Representatives speeches, you know, uh, <laughs> where you just I want to hear uh, a couple of your just your quick reactions uh, to what you saw last night. Some takeaways from you. Well, well, people commenting on on the offense and, and they weren't productive. And that's what Notre Dame was doing. They were sloughing off and, and really not letting bodies get on bodies. That's what Mike James likes. That's what Trey White likes. Even Huntley Hatfield. And whoever was catching the ball in the mid-post area or low-post area was getting double-teamed. And they did a really good job of zoning out, taking away the cutter, plugging the middle and ball side, and then whatever skip is thrown, they're attacking. So the way they were defending, it was basically just, you know, in the paint, and they were forcing them to take tough twos. And on the offensive end, you know, everybody's talking about the open threes that teams continually – Get and the work is done early. It's either, uh, you know, n- poor ball screen coverage 
or it's a blow by or it's a missed assignment or it's going for a shot fake. So all those things are byproducts of the open threes that happen and then not communicating like even early on. The ball pressure mark is, is is one of the biggest things. I give a lot of credit to Sky Clark for playing that game and, you know, banged up. And, and I, you know, us, can you imagine even just doing the show with a broken rib? So I get that part. But the ball pressure continually throughout the game allows guys to come off curls, allows guys to come off staggers, allows guys to hit on back cuts because you're not buying your teammates half a second. That's one of the biggest problems this team has defensively. Texture says the only honorable thing about last night was Sky Clark trying to play through broken ribs. Totally agree. Uh, he, you're, Mark, I'm glad you said that. I, I didn't say that earlier, and he does deserve credit uh, for for being out there and playing through that. You're totally right, Leaves. There's so many things in sports. So it's like my day would be ruined, and we expect <laughs> these people to get right back out there uh, and play full speed. Right. Uh, but it, it's it's not one person. It's not that person. It's It's a total system's. Uh, bad behavior uh, allowed uh, and tolerated. And, you know, in a management sense, you'll hear it all the time. You get what you tolerate uh, from a team. Mm -hmm. You know this. I'm not telling you what it's like to be a coach. You, it, you get what you allow. Uh, and the, and I, I just think that last night provided such a stark uh, contrast between what Louisville fans had wanted and then just kind of seeing it in the um center finally and it was all wearing Notre Dame gear um if you if you just want one and there's there's a plethora of them but a, a play that encapsulates everything that happens defensively at the 15-10 mark in the first half uh that's when they hit the back screen um over the top and they get a layup and um Sky Clark's man sets the back screen Trey White doesn't they don't switch they don't communicate but you see Mike James just hugging his guy in the corner and you see Caleb Glenn almost in like a center fielder stance, just leaned over, not active. His feet aren't ready. And those type of plays, you know, it's all combined. You know, there's no ball pressure. No one's talking on the back screen. And regardless of what you're, you know, getting guys to fight and getting guys to improve like that, have that in place, knowing we automatically from day one, we are switching back screens. We're likes, meaning it's similar to threes, one, two, threes, even some fours. That's fine. We're switching the back screen, and we're calling it out, and the ball pressure is good. And the guys off the ball are sniffing it out and reading the passer. You should always have vision on the passer because that allows you to, as I've always said, great defensive plays happen when someone makes a mistake. But that play, you watch it. Mike James is just hugged up on his guy. Caleb Glenn is in no man's land, and there's just no communication, and it's just a simple back screen dunk. And those plays, just you can't allow that. And if that happened in the game, that to me would just make me so furious that, you know, I, I would you know call a timeout and just absolutely rail on our guys because that's that's a basic theme that you should have. You should know what you're doing on those actions. And it also starts with the ball pressure. And Huntley Hatfield was backing off the big. Let's get back to the phones here. We'll start uh, things off with Bob. Bob, welcome into the drive on I the bill. What's up, buddy? Hey guys. Uh well, uh, after last night's game, in a game of the two crappiest teams, Louisville was the crappiest. Um, and it's really disgusting, really sad. It, I have a couple questions for you guys. Um, do you think the players have just, you know, quit? 
on KP. I mean, I know they say that they love him and they're all in with him in press conferences, but man, they sure don't seem like they are playing hard for him. Uh, then the other question I had is uh, in the in an ESPN uh, online article, it had a, it mentioned about uh, hot candidates for uh, you know the, the head coaching positions, um, you know for like Ohio State and Louisville, and they mentioned that Louisville you know is, is the top job available, which is yep. good. Uh, but uh, one of the names they mentioned uh, that that I had not even thought of was uh, Greg McDermott of Creighton, and they're mm-hmm. they're a pretty good pr- uh, program in the Big East. I don't know much about them, uh, but wanted to see what you all thought about that. I tell yep. you, I I would put my money to to get uh, if I had any, uh, I put it in to <laughs> get Nate Oates of Alabama. I think he would. He would resuscitate the program pretty quickly, but uh, anybody right now could resuscitate this program uh, based on where we're at. But anyway, I'll just leave uh, leave my question to you all and see what you think. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, Jeff Borzello on ESPN. It's behind a paywall, so just I try not to just give away everyone's uh, uh, work that they're hoping to uh, to get paid for. Uh, but he does mention. And look, I don't know how hard Jeff was trying to say, like, these are the specific candidates. I think what he was trying to say was, if you can think of a big name who might be interested in another job, that person will listen to Louisville and be interested in Louisville. And you know what? I think he's right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think these last couple of years have have done anything to what coaches think of what they can do with this job. There's it's it's flavor of the month. You know, and, and right now there's so many coaches out there that are, are going to every, every day, you know, it's a, now as McDermott's name is now flowing on, on all the stations and all the, the buzz about him. And Nate Oates is really starting to, to create a lot of momentum and, and, and rightfully so. These were all really, really good coaches. Um, I know it'd be really tough. I think you and I have talked about it, to go with a guy who has the promise who hasn't done it yet, maybe from a mid-major or something like that, but he's showing that, hey, he's going to be an up-and-comer and take a chance that he could be a superstar. But, you know, it's you've got from from Chris Beard to Nate Oates to Musselman to now McDermott, you know, all those names are getting regurgitated. And, you know, that, that's going to be, uh, it's 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 what we talk about right now, right? So, yep. you know, um, that's part of it. And, you know, going back to last night, you made a, you know, your tweet, uh, really was spot on because if you watch Notre Dame, they do have an identity. They're not very talented. Yeah. They're not going to athleticize you, as Coach Patino would say. But what they're going to do is they understand they're connected defensively. They're going to take good shots. They are always sprinting back. They're great in transition. They're not giving you easy baskets, and, and that showed in how they played it. And they are getting after you, and they're defending. And and in each game, you know how they were trapping. How their feet were together, how their hands were high, how they were how they were guarding ball screens and, and their closeouts and tracing the face and, and their and their body positioning. Everything was was how you want it to see when you don't have the talent to 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 just knock off a Duke or Carolina. But regardless of what kind of talent you have, that's how your guys need to play. And his guys played like that at Penn State as well. 
his guys really guarded and he had a really good team because they were taught and they played together. Now, my, uh, the, the question about Greg McDermott, I think it's understandable if fans haven't watched a ton of Creighton Big East on Fox. You know, we don't venture over there all that often. Uh, but I think over the years, they have been consistently uh, a tournament team and a fun one to watch at that. Uh, pretty uh, free-flowing, and I think kind of a uh, pace and space kind of thing on offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, look, he has not had deep, deep tournament success, but the bottom never falls out either. And so, But I think every candidate we might bring up is going to have some of these issues that we're talking about. Uh, I don't think there's a lot of guys with championships that are going to be out there. Scott Drew, like, there's just going to be a couple. But when it comes to, to Greg McDermott, he's Creighton fills that place up every game all the mm-hmm. time, and it's a crazy good environment. They are fun to watch. They are sound. Uh, they, they, they fill it up, man. On the offensive end, they're super fun. And if you look at their defensive numbers, like their their ratings are really high, but they are not a uh, a high pressure defense. Right, they're not going to do that. But they're great in position. They understand what to take away. But offensively, the creativity and how they play. And uh, um, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, they were one game away from the Final Four last year, right? They lost to San Diego State in the Elite Eight. Yep, Is that correct. So yep, you know that could have changed a lot of things. But he's consistently done a great job, and that team has been fun to watch and to get players to come to Creighton and, and play there, and then to have the resources like Louisville, yeah, he's 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 a heck of a choice. All right. We'll take a quick break here, Dana. If you want to hang in there, we'd appreciate it. We'll be right back here. One more segment before we turn you over to network pregame coverage for Louisville women's basketball at Georgia Tech here tonight. You're listening to The Drive on 93 on the Ville. We'll be right back. 